Good morning. You're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. I'm Keely Heron. I'm your host this morning, along with my co-host, the lovely and talented Mrs. Pat Wright. Good morning, Pat. Good morning, Keely. How are you? I'm great, thanks. It's such a pleasure to be here in the studio with you. Oh, always. Always a pleasure. And what are we going to be listening to today? I'm actually very excited to listen to this opera because it it gave me an opportunity and motivation to read uh, a novel in verse that I've long been wanting to read and needed a little push. A novel in verse. A novel in verse by the great Russian author, poet, Alexander Pushkin, Mm. Eugene Onyegin. It's the title of the novel, and it is also the title of the opera for today. And... This is an opera by... Tchaikovsky. So these are arguably the two greats in their fields in uh, certainly 19th century and maybe beyond, arguably beyond as well. Two greats, the great in poetry, literature, Mm -hmm. and the great in composition, because Tchaikovsky, I mean... He wrote the Nutcrackers. He wrote, I mean, he wrote lots of, several ballets, Nutcracker probably being the one that all of us could hum several tunes from. Um, uh, He also did Swan Lake. All right. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. And um, yeah, so he's he's gone to very Russian, very well-respected source material for the story here. And this is a story that is known and beloved by most Russians... Even still today? That's what I'm told. I'm not Russian, so I can't vouch for it personally, but but I believe so. And in, in fact, um, he's been compared, you know, Pushkin is to Russia as Shakespeare is to England, as Homer is to Greece. Wow. So he's... He's a heavy hitter. He's a heavy hitter. I mean, he's, he's of a, a more recent period than Homer or Shakespeare. Of course. And when was this opera written? The operas was um, the opera, as opposed to the story, um, was first performed in 1879 in Moscow. In Moscow is where it received its premiere. And when was the book by Pushkin published? So it was written in serial form. As I've learned, a lot of um, I don't know if novels and verses what they'd all be called, but things like. well, we'll get to Byron later, but things like uh, Child <laughs> Harold and Don Juan or Don Juan, depending on your pronunciation. Yes. Um, this is written in serial form, and it, it appears between 1825 and 1832. In Russia. And was it widely published throughout the country, or was it primarily in the, the big cities? And how? It was... It was certainly well known in Russia in the big cities. It's, you know, city culture in Russia isn't necessarily the same as countryside culture. And in fact, that's one of the the themes themes that appears that, well, themes would probably be too strong. That's one of the aspects of Russian life that appears in in this opera. Right. As well as as in the stories. As we're listening, the the characters are starting to sing underneath us. So do we want to have a little quick chat well, I'll, how about we just set the scene because this is exactly what's happening here. The scene is we are we're in the back garden in the lovely country home 
of some um, minor, minor nobility. And it is very much not a city. Mm -hmm. Um, You have, you know, wheat fields in the background. Bucolic. Very much so. Um, In fact, one of the the video versions I saw of this, you know, it starts with close-ups of sheep and stuff, you know, romping around in the grass. Uh, It's very bucolic. Um, But they're at a a table sitting outdoors. There's the the lady of the house. In the summertime? And they're, they're making, I don't know, plum jam or something to that effect. Nice. They're picking and cleaning and cutting plums so they're they're being good country, country folk people. it's the woman and the two women who are singing initially are the the lady of the house and um her elderly and much relied upon servant woman aha and so the main character is that the, the main character of the opera mm. uh, aside from the title character is tatiana tatiana and is this tatiana that we're listening to or? this is tatiana's mother madame larina and her and the nursemaid and uh, the nursemaid the who gets called nanny a few times in the english translation all right well shall we have a listen here and absolutely set the stage and we'll come back and talk about the action in a little bit absolutely listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. And on today's episode of Opera for Everyone, we're listening to Eugene Onyegin by Tchaikovsky. And we've just uh, heard Madame Lorena and the nursemaid, Filipievna, singing. And now Mrs. Pat Wright is going to talk to us about uh, about what's going to happen here in this bucolic countryside home. Actually, I'd like to talk to you about what what was just sung about by these two women. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, Tell us. So these are women of a certain age, the nursemaid being older even than the lady of the house. Um, but they're reminiscing uh, a little bit about how their life went, who they married, what they did with themselves, 
And um, Madame Lorena is remembering that she was deeply in love with a charming, enchanting man. But this was not someone that her parents approved of or wished for her to marry. Oh, so this was someone before she married her. Yeah, she's, she's, she's recollecting the, the way, way, way back. Recalling bygone days. Yes, and in the meanwhile, in the background, we can see her daughters. So you can you know this is some time ago because mm. they're they're grown they're adult women. Yes. Well, I mean, what passes for adult women? They're actually technically in the story, at least as Pushkin wrote it, they're sixteen and seventeen. Right. But but they're very much adult as far as the action goes here in the story. Mm. Um, but what was what was very interesting about this uh, conversation, this beautiful conversation going on between the two women is they're reminiscing about their past and Madame uh, uh, Philip Nievna reminds Madame Lorena that she she might have married this man and, and she didn't and she's like well there was this other guy my parents wanted me to marry him I did and then there's this this wonderful quote and this is straight out of Pushkin which by the way most of the libretto is and, and, and it was even arranged by... Yeah, right. Tchaikovsky did it himself, exactly. along with some help. They just pulled but it, it was from just the novel. Really one, one character where he had help with some of the... The rest of it, Tchaikovsky just essentially cut and paste from the story that Pushkin wrote. So these are Pushkin's words, or at least are this English translator's version of Pushkin's words. But but I love it when, when she's saying how she learned to live with the fact that she was disappointed in love and and had to marry this other fellow, she says, habit is sent to us from above, or heaven sends us habit in place of happiness. Heaven is heaven gives us this gift in place of happiness. Um, and she's and she's resigned this, to it. She says all this with a smile on her face. Right. She's like, you know, I got used to it. It was it's all good. And like I personally would have expected her to reference these beautiful children she has. She doesn't. She's just like, this is my lot in life. I married this guy, wasn't really that into him. My parents wanted me to. And instead of being super happy, I just like move on. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So does that set the stage for anything? I mean, does that, is that like a... I think it's more for us to have in the back of our minds that this is what would happen to, to women. Right. Okay. I don't know that it... I mean, we need to know that this is one one course a woman's life could take. I think that's what... That's what they want us to know. And so we're coming up here on Olga's aria. Isn't that correct? Well, yes. What what, what I think we're skipping over, or what we're hearing in the background, is the peasants' chorus. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we use the word peasants, of course, in a Russian context at this time. You might might as well use the word serfs. Um, so these are the, the field workers. These are the people who don't have their liberty and independence and aren't sitting in the backyard singing songs and... Making plum jam. Yeah, taking their time over it. They've, they've been out doing... Hard labor. Hard labor in the fields. Um, but it's a happy opera at this point, and, and this, this beautiful countryside setting has the, um, the peasants happy. And they are singing and chanting, and they are carrying in ceremonial sheaves of wheat... And they were presenting them to their mistress. And this is all done joyously, uh, with great happiness. And that's where Olga says, I just love singing and dancing. This is so wonderful. And that's basically what she's going to talk about here. Yeah. And this is in contrast to her sister, who's much more pensive. So Olga's kind of young and carefree and happy-go-lucky. And she loves the peasants and the singing and dancing. And this is Olga 
in Eugene Onegin. Uh, Onegin. Onegin. Thank you, Pat. Um, in uh, Tchaikovsky's Eugene Onegin. Let's have a listen. So that was Olga's little I love to sing and dance. I like the peasants. She's letting us know who she is. She's she's like a breath of fresh air. She is. She's, she's very happy and lucky and she's, she's pretty. Presumably. She's got blonde, bouncy, curly hair. And she's just kind of like the all-American girl next door, only it's in Russia. She's the all-Russian girl next door. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so that's Olga. Yes. Who is Tatiana? Tatiana is her older sister. Now, mind you, we're talking one year older, but Tatiana does not have blonde, bouncy hair. Tatiana has dark hair that's 
a more under control. Mm. Tatiana uh, initially appears with a book in her hands. Mm-hmm. She spends a lot of time looking in her book. She loves to read. So she's much more introverted, much more quiet. Yes, and if you if you um, know about this period in Russia, you will also which I don't w- wouldn't even give it a second thought. She's of course not reading anything in Russian. Um, she's reading in French. Ah, bien sûr. Ah, bien sûr. Because the, the aristocracy um, primarily converses in French with one another. It's it's a mark of being an aristocrat. It's a sophistication. Really? It Oh, very much so. Very, wow. I mean, if you if you read, um, for example, another great work of Russian literature, um, War and Peace. Oh, right. I tried to read that. Holy well, smokes. large chunks of it are simply in French. Um, and even when you buy an English translation, they you, leave it in French. It, you you have it. You can get one or the other sort of translation where they translate the Russian as well as the French. Or sometimes you can get, and I bought this inadvertently one time. <laughs> you where can get yes, indeed, English and French, where they leave the French in French and they just translate the Russian. In case you're a member of the American aristocracy. In case your French is totally up to par. Excellent. Mine has dwindled somewhat <laughs> i just fake it <laughs> well only to a point <laughs> french fries french toast french dressing merci <laughs> but i digress All yes right. so what's All right. what's coming up in the action yet we've so, met olga we've met tatiana so so we're introducing our characters here we've got the mom and the nursemaid are out there uh the two daughters of the mother there's there's no father inside we presume he's deceased and um, and uh, a neighbor comes to call. Oh, hello, neighbor. Hello, neighbor. And and um, is he uh, dashing? He is dashing. He's very dashing. In fact, he's described in the story, in the Pushkin story, as having wavy raven hair. Ooh, sounds dangerous. Oh, well, not as dangerous as others. But he's a nice-looking chap. He is a neighbor, and he's got a friend who's also a neighbor that he's brought over with him. Just to visit. To pay a call on this family with these two lovely daughters. Mm-hmm. And his friend is Eugene Onyegin. Oh, I see. So Lensky is the neighbor, and Eugene Onyegin is the... Well, they're both neighbors. Okay. They all live in the countryside. They they all have these lovely country estates. Exactly. Um, and um, Onyegin is has just a little background on him because if you if you were to read the the Pushkin story, the first chunk of the uh, probably the first chapter of the story is just tells you uh, a little bit about what Onyegin is like, and and you just get little glimpses of this in the introductory song. But he um, he's he's a young man who. I think he's supposed to be mid twenties at this point, um, mm-hmm. and he's he's been around the world. He's he or he's he's traveled, I should say, in Europe and um, spent lots of time um, perfecting his seduction skills. Just to put it bluntly. Oh, yeah, and and so this is all background for him. But the first thing, one of the things he says in in when he first meets them is, yeah, I've had to spend a lot of time sitting around in a sick room with my uncle who's dying. Such a bore. Well, that sounds uplifting. Yeah, he's he's like, he, so uh, he initially shows himself to not be a very sympathetic person. Right. 
he's not concerned about making a great first impression. Exactly. Is that even if you felt that way? And by the way, the uncle is the one. The, the death of the uncle is what made him a rich man, able to own a country estate. Mm. So that's where he's he's got his wherewithal from the inheritance from his uncle. I see. So he seems like a bit of a cad. Well, well done. Yes, he does. <laughs> he is a bit of a cat. This is not my first rodeo, Pat. Yeah. I mean, I don't know much about Eugene Onyegin or Pushkin or Russian. But, but you know men. I know a wavy-haired raven. No, no, don't get those confused. The wavy-haired raven one is actually much more sympathetic, much kinder. He's the one. Um, that's Lensky. Oh. Um, Onyegin. Onyegin has, has curly hair, um, has, you know, very attended to curly hair, but he doesn't have the long, sort of poetical-looking raven hair. Yeah, no, um, Lensky is, is a much more sympathetic character. And Lensky um, falls for, and, well, they grew up as children because he's lived in this area for a long time. He falls for Olga, the, the young woman who was just, just enjoying the outdoors and the peasants' song and dancing and everything. And is this what we're listening to underneath here? Is this Lensky professing his love for Olga? It could be. My or Russians. Is this, yeah. So this is... Uh, if Skra- I were watching the opera, Skra- I could tell Skra- you that. <laughs> so this is the four of them. This is Lensky, Onyegin, Tatiana, and Olga introducing themselves and as so and so Olga and Lensky have known each other since childhood and he is rekindling this relationship um, and in fact Pushkin tells you in the story from childhood it was assumed by Olga's father that Lensky and Olga would marry aha and how lovely it is that they actually are quite smitten with each other it's beautiful Aww. Well, so this is and 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 Tatiana and uh, Eugene Onyegin haven't really conversed much but they've spied each other, each other and they're the both very intrigued mm. all right well we're coming up to the part where lensky confesses his love for olga and he's saying basically i love you i love you isn't he i'm not sure which part we're coming up to it's just where he says, I love you, I love you, Olga, as only a poet's frantic heart can still be fated to love. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Let's have a listen.
You're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. And we've just heard uh, the character Linsky professing his love for the character Olga in Tchaikovsky's Eugene Onegin. And Pat is going to tell us what's happening next. Well, I think it's important to note that while all this is going on, uh, Onegin this uh, world-weary, dashing, seductive young man, and uh, the young, bookish, 
Tatiana have been um, eyeing each Flirting. other. I, I'm sure he has. I, I think it would be too strong to accuse her of flirting. She's a, Although she reads her French novels, she is a total innocent. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. She, she's, so she's looking at him. She's like, oh, you're cute. She, she's, she's kind of wondering why she's interested in him. And so he attempts a little conversation with her. And one of the things he says, um, again, revealing his personality. Tell me, is it not dreadfully boring for you here in the depths of the country? (laughs) Which, though lovely, is so far away. As if the country isn't a place, only the cities are the place. It's so far away. I don't suppose you get much amusement. And Tanya just shyly replies, well... I read a lot. <laughs> it's a match made in heaven. Yeah. So um, they don't they don't really they don't appear to be clicking. And yet something has stirred inside Titania. Mm. Taking us, you know, end of scene one, taking us to scene two and um, her nursemaid or, you know, the nursemaid's. Philip Yevna. Yeah. Philip Yevna. Um is helping her, you know, get ready for bed. Um, and Titania is all sort of agitated and is can't calm down. And, you know, the books are not holding her attention. And, mm. and so she's like, well, come, come sit and talk with me. I'm not ready to go to sleep yet. Um, and so Philip Nevnia uh, comes and sits down with her. And she's like, tell me, tell me, nurse nanny, would you please, were you ever in love? What was it like for you? Um, and she says, oh, forget about it. I'm too old. It's it's ridiculous. And she's, no, 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 I persist. Please tell me about, weren't you once married? And she says, well, it was God's will. I was younger, much, much younger. She says, I was only 13 when I got married. What? Only 13. For a week or two, the matchmaker kept coming around to the parents' house over and over again. And they finally consented to have her be married. Thirteen. And she says, I cried bitterly. I wept and I wept and I wept. But they all led me to the church and I was married and whisked away and put into this strange family. And so just when we're like, oh my, that's, that's quite a story. We'd love to hear more of it. And again, as opposed to um, Tatiana's mother's story, you're, you're getting an, another sort of story. Um, but it's another way a woman's life could go in this right. culture. Well, what's so interesting is this This is really a story about Onyegin. He's the title character. But as we begin the opera, it's, it's really a focus on the women and the different ways in which they've lived their lives and perhaps it might... It is, and... and um, that's down to Tchaikovsky's editing, uh, because the the beginning chapters, a chapter of um, the Pushkin story, does focus very much on Yegin, though these stories of the women are there. Tchaikovsky didn't make these up. They're all in the story, but they're not as front and center mm. as they appear to be in the opera. wonder why he did that. Um, I think he's, well, we, develops- let's get back to that later. Okay, because right. sometimes maybe he, he wants to develop sympathy 
for but, them. But we, I mean, and perhaps it's just my point of view, but I think it's very interesting to see how life went for um, Tatiana's mother, mm-hmm. for the nursemaid. Mm-hmm. And then we also have these two other young women, young Tatiana mm-hmm. and Olga, mm-hmm. and things will go differently for the both of them as well. Right. Um, so at any rate, but Tatiana is so wrapped up in her own thoughts. She, she's just stops kind of listening because she's all agitated and uh, nanny notices that she's not listening. And right. she says, Philip Yevna's like, well, I had a tough life. I was 13, got married. And Tatiana's like, yeah, yeah. Wow. That sounds horrible. I'm. And so, and then she, she just then, and she just bursts open. And this is the very reserved bookish girl who doesn't appear to show much emotion. She just bursts. I'm so filled with love. I I am so passionate about. Oh my gosh, this young man. I I just want to cry. Danger, danger. Right, and and well, Philip Philip Nevna says, "You're not well, my child. You're not well." She's like, "You're cray." Let me sprinkle you with holy water. Uh, seriously? Yeah, that's what she wants to do. Um, that that doesn't that's not the direction this all goes how does the whole i'm and i and you may not know the answer to this question but like so in communism right there's no god right they don't believe in god what how does that all work you're in the wrong de- uh, century this is under the czar was there the, the <laughs> communism doesn't start until the early 20th century in russia aha we're there we're, you go <laughs> we're we're in the 19th century. That's why you're here, Pat, because I don't know these things. <laughs> yeah, no. We're... So were they Christian? Yeah, they're Orthodox, uh, uh, Russian Orthodox. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Right. All right. That's why you're here. I ask the stupid questions, <laughs> and then you kindly answer them without making me feel like an idiot. No, that's okay. good. That's All right. Good. So she's like, "I'm going to sprinkle you with holy water because you're starting to freak me out." Exactly. And and Tatiana again, not sitting still for any of this. She says. Go, leave me alone. No, wait, come back. I need pen and paper. I need pen and paper. And so she brings her pen and paper. And then Nanny leaves. Mm-hmm. And she says goodnight. She says, sleep well, my darling. And Titania? She's not doing any sleeping. Not so much. She's not got the so candle. Much. She's burning the midnight oil. And um, And then she's got quite a long aria here. Where she she sings through all these emotions as she tries to figure out how to share or what to do with these amazing feelings of passion. She doesn't know anything of this from her prior experience. This she sounds like a her... hot mess. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she's a... Except she's she's want somebody who wants to be very self she she has a tradition of being self composed. Oh, and so the letter is her attempt to, like, rein it all in and make it make sense. Or figure out how to express these feelings. Like, should I express them? Will I express them? Spoiler alert, she will express them in a letter. Mm-hmm. And so that's the letter scene. And that's the letter scene. Let's listen to it. Okay, let's have a listen.
You're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Good morning, Pat. Good morning, Keely. So we're listening to Tatiana. Well, we should, just in case people are just waking up and tuning in. Just tuning in. in. It's uh, Tchaikovsky's Eugene Onyegin, based on the uh, novel in verse by the same name, written by Alexander Pushkin, the great writer of Russian literature in the 19th century, and Tchaikovsky, the great composer of 19th century Russia. It's quite a match. Quite a match. This It's a beautiful, beautiful opera. And here we're listening to Tatiana talk about her love for the for the main, for the title character. So she's, she's barely met this dashing young neighbor of hers. He's a, he's a dear friend of uh, their other attractive young neighbor who has uh, long been assumed to uh, be ready to marry the younger daughter in the family, Tatiana's sister. And, um, and that's going swimmingly. They are <laughs> deeply in love with each other. <laughs> they love life. They everything's just he did the wonderful. He did the the eighteen hundreds version of um, I like you. Do you like me? Check yes or no. <laughs> and pushed it across the desk, and she was like, "Yes, yeah." So that's Ol- that's Olga and Lensky. Um, and meanwhile, um, our our wonderful uh, somber bookworm young woman um, has had something flame up inside she's awakened. of her she's she's awakened and she's she's up she's literally up all night struggling with her feelings and deciding to put them in writing deciding not to put them in writing and she ultimately decides um it's it's tortuous for her because she she's like okay i said i was gonna just bury these feelings and then it just bursts out. She she can't she can't possibly you know she she says I I can't imagine not being with you. Um, and she, and she finally and this is part of all that we've been listening to in this lengthy aria, um, which makes sense since it's her staying up all night trying to deal with her feelings. It's well, gonna, she's seventeen and she's never been in love before. She and is, this is yes. And this guy is kind of a, he's kind of a pro. Yeah. And so he's like, mm-hmm. He's kind of a pro. Well, we don't know what he's thinking yet, right? We just know that... Uh, right, because she's just writing the letter. Yeah, she's she's got she a, a wholesomeness about her that's got its own kind of attraction. We don't really know what he's thinking yet, other than we know a little bit that he's not probably the nicest guy in the world. But uh, And that he's had a lot of experience with the ladies. Uh, yes, we do know that. Um, although she, do- she doesn't necessarily know that or doesn't know it consciously. Um, but it's interesting. She finally concludes, it's the will of heaven that I am yours. Mm. My whole life has been a pledge of this inevitable encounter. I know this. God has sent you to me. You can just feel it, right? And you will be my keeper to the grave. This is not going to go well. Well, it's, it's a young, innocent heart laid bare. And that's essentially what happens. And she writes this letter, um, and and she she knows it's a risky, risky strategy, and um, and she doesn't sign it. She doesn't identify herself. But she, when oh. the, in the morning, which she hasn't slept all night, but in the morning when her nursemaid comes in, mm-hmm. she says, "Quick, go fetch your grandson. I need him to deliver my letter." And she tells him where to deliver it, and and the nursemaid's concerned. 
but dutiful. Right. She's like, girl, you crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not so sure. She's about like, this. but I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just your nanny, so you do what you got to do well, with your letters. And she whatnot. is a servant, and so she obeys, mm-hmm. and uh, her her grandson delivers the letter. And scene. <laughs> this is not going to go well. <laughs> oh, you don't know. <laughs> so, so then what happens? She, she. So she's delivered the letter. Or the, her letter has been delivered, mm-hmm. and the next scene is is in their garden again. Uh, and uh, Onyegin comes over. Hey, got your letter? Oh God. <laughs> I got your letter, and um, you need to sit down. So I can tell you a few things. Yeah. And so that that that's the final uh, aria of Act One. Right. And we're going to listen to Onyegin tell her basically. I tell her to get over it. Mm-hmm. I'm no good. I mean, in, there's a certain there's a certain amount of decency. Integrity, right. Integrity. He, he says, I can't make you happy. We'd be miserable if I hooked up with you or mm-hmm. we got married. It mm-hmm. wouldn't work. Right. And so um, I just need to let you know, uh, get over me. You'll find someone more appropriate later. Right. And that's, and that's what we're going to listen to here on Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. Oh, <laughs> 
You're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. And if you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Keely Heron. And I'm Pat Wright. And on today's episode of Opera for Everyone, what are we listening to, Pat? Eugene Onegin, Tchaikovsky's opera based on the uh, well-known Pushkin story, a novel in verse of the same name, Eugene Onegin. And what has happened so far? Well, we've met all of our major characters so far. Um, the, main, the main one being the title character, Eugene Onegin. Who's a bit of a cad. Who is quite the dandy and um, not necessarily very sensitive to the feelings of other people. But has integrity on a certain level. Which we we saw that integrity you refer to displayed um, right at the very end of Act One. Mm-hmm. And that integrity involved telling this uh, young woman, Tatiana, Tatiana, the main female character in the opera. She's bookish and pensive. Yes. And, and totally enthralled. And, and she found love and her heart was bursting with it. Mm-hmm. And when he, when he receives the letter from her, where she declares her love and would like to spend the rest of her life. You'll be my keeper to the grave, she Mm -hmm. says. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. Pump the brakes here. (laughs) He's like, I'm no good for you. Mm -hmm. I would make you miserable. Mm -hmm. And you would make me miserable because I would find you boring. (laughs) Oh, God. Did he actually say that Oh, yes. (gasps) So he, it's integrity, but it's also like brutal honesty. Well, I suppose the integrity comes in that he could have, for a period of time, taken advantage. Played adva- yeah, played the situation. And he didn't do that, advantage. so I guess we have to give him credit for that? Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, <laughs> let's just leave that one. So we got Onyegin and Tatiana. So we have Onyegin and Tatiana. And the other characters who've been introduced, and, and quite honestly are not going to play big roles um, going forward, but they've they've shown you... Other ways that women's lives may go, that's Tatiana's mother uh, and the nursemaid who helped raise Tatiana. Filipievna. Yes, I love the way you say that, Kiwi. Filipievna. <laughs> so um, they they have been there. And then and I'd say like the the um, the second couple in the uh, in the story is uh, the sister of Tatiana, Olga, mm-hmm. one year younger. Uh, bright, bouncy, fresh. lovely, happy. Exactly. She is just happy to dance in the sunshine and enjoy whatever she finds around her. And she's just going to be content with life. And her childhood friend, Lenski, Lenski, uh, who um, her father had said, you know, this is the man to marry. I mean, when they were both children um, and time goes by. And so it so it becomes so it true happens. Um, that not only was this something that the parents wanted, they both it's a love match. It is a love match. They mm-hmm. both adore each other. Adore each other. So inspiring. It's so sweet. True love. It's so sweet. But of course, love. that's the that's the B plot. The B, you know, the couple who's not the focus of our attention. Mm. Right? Because They're the ones that make us feel okay about this other sort of tragic, like complicated love. Well, you clearly have not read ahead if that's what you think. <laughs> I haven't. At the at the moment. They're making us feel okay. Oh, I'm so glad you're here, Pat. Otherwise, I would just, I don't know what I'd do. Plot happens. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, 
So we're starting out act two yes. in Tchaikovsky's Eugene Onyegin, which is set in sort of 1820-ish Russia. Yes. Yes. Before before uh, communism, as you pointed out earlier. <laughs> we clarified that. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, so about still, 100 years. <laughs> give or take. It all blends together. Yeah. And so in the beginning of Act Two, oh, you know, I'm just going to step back for one second. Um, and and uh, when we reintroduced the opera at the beginning of this hour, um, I mentioned that it was the great of Russian literature, mm-hmm. Pushkin, um, being embraced and used by the great of, of uh, music competition, composition, Tchaikovsky. But something to know that Tchaikovsky would have, of course, known when he's putting this together is that this is such a well-known story. Pushkin is such a beloved um, and embraced author that right. this story is is known. Right. As you said earlier, he is the Shakespeare of Russia or the Homer of Russia. So his story is very well known. And, and if you're putting together an opera, you can make use of that. Mm. Um, and so there are details that he's expecting you to be somewhat familiar with that aren't necessarily included in the opera itself because you know the story and you're just watching the operatic version mm. of the story you know. It's kind of like Johnny Appleseed or Davy Crockett in the States or something. We all know the story. Or if you're in Minnesota, Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. We know that story. <laughs> I'll have to brush up before I go to Minnesota. <laughs> we'll give you some hot dish. Anyway, I digress. Okay, so... He doesn't feel compelled to lay out the entire thing because so he's assuming episodic. that. So it's episodic. There are these different scenes that, that take place. And, and where we enter in Act One is um, a party that's uh, that's going to be happening, there, that that is happening at uh, the family home of Tatiana because it is, in fact, Tatiana's name day. And if you've ever read Russian stories or you know Russian culture at all, the name day is, is a big cause for celebration is it her birthday it's her name day but it takes precedence over what we would you know the way some folks in our country maybe celebrate a birthday but it's but it's you know it can be it can be uh it's either an important family affair or it can be a much bigger deal which is actually significant to know because Lensky, longtime family friend, uh, at this point, fiancé of Olga. Mm. Um, Lensky says to Onyegin, and again, this is not shown in the opera, but you you just know this because you know the story. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> Lensky has told Onyegin, you need to come to this uh, to this gathering. And he's like, oh, there's that girl. Ugh, she wrote me that she letter. She loves me. She's so boring. Yeah, I just like, I, I, I dude, no Do thank I have you. To? No thank you. You don't need a wingman. You're already engaged. Or exactly. And Lenski says, no, you must do this. It, Why? It'll be wonderful. Well, he gives, he gives, or um, uh, Onyegin has the impression that it's just going to be a little family gathering. He's like, okay, I guess I can deal with just a small family oh, gathering. That's worse. If it were a big party, at least he could go hide. Well, again, you clearly haven't read ahead. <laughs> That's what, I, that's what I like about this. It's suspense. So um, essentially, Onyekin gets talked into it by his friend because, in fact, he's he's in the country. He's bored. Yeah, he gets he's bored like, easily. my uncle's dead. I don't have to take care of him anymore. I've got all this money. I'm in the right. country. There's nothing happening. That's Fine. right. That's right. Um, so so he, he goes. 
And they appear at this party, and it is in full swing. And it is not an intimate family gathering. Everyone from far and wide has come. We've for got, Tatiana's name day? For, they, they put on a big party for Tatiana's name day. It is a major, major deal in the house. Hmm. A major deal. There are, you know, musicians and dancing and more musicians and more dancing and glorious food. And it is... It is a big, 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 big deal. It's like a debutante coming out thing, only they just do it like every year. I, I think it's up to the family. And obviously this family felt like they could. Right. Like yeah. Kanye West plays or the Rolling Stones, whatever. I don't know. I can't. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> so maybe we should listen to a little bit of that mazurka that they play. Oh, yeah, right, because they got all the, like, famous local musicians they're going to play. And what is a mazurka, Pat? It's a Russian dance, I believe, with is, a certain music that goes with it. Really? Is it? That's not the one where they do the things where they're jumping up and down and they stick their legs out, you know? No, huh. no, it's not that. Huh. Whatever that is. <laughs> No, <laughs> dear listeners, if you could only see what Kaylee is doing right now, you know it's like you jump and they wear the hats and they do the thing with their legs. Not that we don't know. Maybe I no, it's not that. All right, well, it is. It's a it's a dance for the whole. It's a festive. The dance. whole party to enjoy. Every it's for participate. Everybody. Jump on in. Mazurka's everyone dance for everyone. All right, let's play that. Here it comes. So this is. Uh, in Act Two of uh, Tchaikovsky's Eugene Onyegin on Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. Oh, 
All right, so that was the mazurka leading into then uh, Trichet is now, Trichet is just a, another character, a minor character in the opera. He's talking about how great Tatiana is. He, Yeah, he's actually, um, <laughs> unlike the people singing all the time in the opera who are not singers, he's actually a singer <laughs> in within the context of the opera. Okay. And he's um, praising, you know, he's celebrating Tatiana. It's her name day. And so they're all partying and drinking and reveling and singing and dancing. Oh, and we found out that the the dance that I was referring to, which I was referring, is the Cossack dance. Yes. And that's, uh, it's a Ukrainian dance, but 
Yes. And we also found out the mazurka is Polish. <laughs> there you go. We're just traveling all over. Yeah, Slavic. It's mm. all Slavic. It's nice. Yeah, it is it is nice. Okay, so. So they're partying. They they're are drinking, partying. They're having dancing, a great time. la da 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 And um, Everybody's on there. Jägen comes in and he's not real happy with the scene. I he's, just don't like him. I just don't like him. Hang on. Okay. All right. Okay. So he comes in and uh, people are like, who is that odd man who doesn't seem to be fitting in with the rest of us having such a good time? Mm. And um, and so he's not having a good time. And then we kind of get a glimpse into him and he's not having a good time. And he's like, well, I know how I can liven things up for myself, make this party a little more interesting and get a little just a jab in at my good buddy Linsky. Can you guess what he's going to do? What would he do to annoy L- Lenske? Mm, shots? Do some <laughs> shots? No. A shot His specialty is flirting and, uh, and oh. getting women interested in him. Oh. So he goes. No. Yeah, he does. Shut up. He. <laughs> what a jerk. I knew I didn't like him. So he's going to put the moves on Olga. So he's going to put the moves on Olga. Who is like... La, 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 la. Sweet and innocent. Engaged to Lenski. Yeah, and, I, and she loves Lenski, but Onyekin comes up and you know, says, Oh, you must dance with me. Ugh. And so they're dancing, and she's a happy girl, so she's having fun dancing. Right, she doesn't even realize. She doesn't realize she's a pawn in this whole game. Ugh. And, he, and, and of course, um, Onyekin knows exactly what he's doing because he's organized this whole thing. And Lenski sees what Onyegin's doing. And he knows what time it is. He does. And he is evermore fuming, fuming, fuming. Right. The He's dance like, ends. Finally. Okay. Sigh of relief. And she comes to say, Hi, how are you, sweetheart? Love you. And he says, Okay, now you dance with me. And she's like, Oh, I can't do that. I just promised Eugene uh, I would dance with him. And he's like, You've got to be kidding me. You've been making a spectacle of yourself. You are Uh-oh. my fiance. Uh-oh. And she's like, I'm sorry, I promised. And, you know, Onyegin is thrilled with how things are going because he's he's annoyed his friend who he feels deserves it. Ugh. Why? Because Linsky forced him to come to the party? Yeah, that's oh, about it. Oh, that's lame. Yeah. Okay. And All he right. doesn't like the party, and, and this is sport for him. This is, you know, toying with people's emotions. And meanwhile, is sport. what is Tatiana like in the corner reading a book, crying? Oh, well, meanwhile, or? when, when um, Tatiana is being sung to, she's being embarrassed and just trying to endure it. Because she, she doesn't even, I mean, why did they throw this big party? Is her mom like some big socialite? Or? Her mom loves her. Oh, so even though it's like she's an introvert and doesn't like this kind of stuff, her mom throws this chicken. Her mom, her mom, her mom loves her, okay. and so she All wants right. to celebrate her. So we just her. accept that, that. That's yeah. Okay, so she's being a good sport, but she's she's being a bit good sport, but it's a lot of effort on her right. part. Okay, it's a lot of effort, and she's just kind of enduring it, gritting her teeth. Yeah. And Meanwhile, of course, when she spies a glance of Onyegin, you know, she has to work very hard to control herself. She's got some butterflies. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's controlling herself through all this. Okay, um, and so and so, Olga dances, and they have a wonderful time. And uh, in the in the version with the in the ver- in the written version in the in the Pushkin story, 
Linsky storms out and goes home. Right. And he decides the only way to deal with this is to um, demand satisfaction. And you know what demanding satisfaction is code for? Uh Uh-uh. Dueling. Oh, my gosh. Really? Yeah, that's what that means. And they use the line in the opera, too. I demand satisfaction. I demand satisfaction. Usually that's like I want a refund or I like want to, I want to, no, you I'd, should give I'd me like a, to shoot at you. You should buy me a, you should buy me a free drink. Yeah. Demanding satisfaction. Right. Yeah. Okay. Is, is code for, uh, we're going to duel. We're going to duel. Or I challenge you to I a duel. I challenge you to a duel. Okay. So Lenski so, and Onyegin are going to duel. So is in this... the, in the opera version, it happens with all the guests staring with their jaws hanging open. Like, wow, this party went south. Or maybe it just got super way more exciting. That's no, kind of like a the, boxing match. The tension kind of kills. How the, do they uh, duel? Party. What's the? Well, is it? Are they duking it out? Are they? Is it? I mean, you wrestling. Thumb see, wrestling. Again, I'm not. Sh- no, it's not <laughs> thumb wrestling. <laughs> I don't One, know how two, much you three, know about four, duel etiquette. Thumb war. No, not that way. Not that way. Okay. Um, so, dual etiquette means you don't you don't do this entirely. It's not like you pull out a gun on impulse. That's not dueling. That's right. not honorable and gentlemanly. Right. There are pro- there are protocols to put in place for dueling, and so you you challenge the person from whom you want satisfaction to a duel. I mean, okay, this is a little bit of an aside. If you've um, listened to the soundtrack or seen the play of Hamilton. They in fact have a song called the Ten Duel Commandments, and it's all the all the requirements and the protocol for dueling. Yeah, no, I haven't had a chance to see that yet. It's I fabulous. See so it. there's there's a song like if you want to know like what is necessary for a duel, and and the many uh, stages at which you can, um, or as they say in in that show, set the record straight, or where you can say, oh, you can just apologize. Dueling is for people who are both stubborn and no one apologizes. Hmm. So if if Sounds if like had simply said, "Oh, Lensky, I'm sorry. I, I, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have flirted with your fiance. Please forgive me." It would be over. There would be no duel. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't happen. No. No, because they were stubborn, mm-hmm. bullheaded, right men. Right. Yes. So. Um, so he challenges him to a duel and Onyegin, you know, thinks to himself, you know, I really shouldn't. I really took it too far. I really shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have taken advantage of Olga that way. I shouldn't have annoyed my friend to that extent. And um, as he's thinking this and he goes, no, ah, forget it. Screw it. I'm going to I'm going to accept your challenge. We're going to duel. Yeah, challenge accepted. And so then we get to Lenski's aria, which is coming up here. Right. So he's accepted the duel, and you know it's going to happen. And poor Olga, she's just a pawn, and it's it's just poor Olga is all I have to say. Yeah. So the next scene begins where they're waiting for Onyegin to arrive, and he's got his, uh, Lenski has a second there, and Lenski sings. So let's listen. Let's listen to Lenski tell his story in this opera, Eugene Onyegin by Tchaikovsky on Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL.
so that was just Lenski talking about uh, how he feels about dueling with his friend Eugene Onyegin. Yeah, he doesn't feel great about it. He he doesn't. Um, you know, I think there's the moment when your passions are aroused and you demand satisfaction and you you know throw down the gauntlet and you challenge the uh, your best friend to a duel. You challenge your best friend to a duel. And then there's the moments while you're waiting in the early hours for the mm-hmm. person to appear and for your second duel. has made sure your guns are all ready to go. Your second meaning like your the second at when uh, one of the rules of dueling is each uh, each one of the participants in the duel needs to bring a second meaning like uh, another man if you like are injured and then that person steps in on your behalf. No, that they're they're they see to all the details. Oh, I see. They're like a ring, like like, like a best man, like in a in a boxing ring. They're like the guy in the corner. Yeah, who's like you know icing your eye. Yeah, and, and they're the ones you know on you. the the two duelists are their emotions are running high. You know they're the ones that that see to the fact that protocol will be maintained. It's part of the um, like a referee kinda ish. Yeah, it's 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 just part of the the honor bound code. Uh, that includes dueling. We should try dueling sometime. Um, really not a good idea. Just pretend. No. Greg could be your second. No. And I... <laughs> no. No. Okay. All right. No. No. You know. Again, I'll ask you I'll, again I'll, after I'll you've heart... had a couple of goose, uh, dirty goose martinis. I. Okay. <laughs> Um, you know, just to reference for those people who are familiar with the very popular Hamilton show now, the dueling comes in twice in that show. Uh, and, and you know, there's there's tragedy involved with dueling or can be. It doesn't have to be. A lot of duels um, just just acting out the steps of the duel. Someone surrenders um, or or both people miss and honor has been satisfied. No one's had to back down. Dueling, it's it's the the the. The norms around dueling are complicated, um, but you are dealing with firearms, mostly firearms. You're dealing with weapons, and um, and the possibility of being maimed or killed is real. Um, I'll I'll leave it there. But but in the moments before the duel, this part that we've just been listening to Lensky sing, Lensky is you know focusing on the fact that this could be. The His last day on Earth. And and what we're hearing here underneath is, in fact, the duel scene, which is not not, it's not musically or, or vocally, it's not super... It's not, you know, we've, we've got the, it's it's happening, but it's, it doesn't take up, a, you know, the actual duel is, as an actual duel is, is very quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the thing, if anyone has um, happened to read Eugene Onyegin, this is generally the scene that's shown on the cover. Yeah. The, the illustration of Lenski and Onegin, Onegin, sorry, uh, dueling. I forget who painted that, but as I was doing my research, because I, you know, I don't really know anything about, <laughs> about opera, hence opera for everyone. Because even if you don't know anything about opera, you can. Yeah. And in, in the duel scene, we do have Lenski and Onegin both singing, like, how did it come to this? We used to share everything. We were best friends. And now they we're... don't share Olga, though. Yeah. <laughs> Lenski's like, that's where it stops. I'm going to challenge you to a duel. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly. how it works. Um, 
you know, and, and they're just like, why are we about to destroy each other? We used to just laugh together and have fun. Um, but uh, the, the very proper Zaretsky, who is the second for Lensky, says, okay, boys, time to get this show going. And he gets them in their places. They count off. And we hear gunfire. And it's interesting. It's usually staged where you don't see them and you just hear the gunfire. So there's the suspense. Of not knowing what happens. And then you see Onyegin and he turns to the seconds and he says, dead? Dead is the answer. End of act two. Solinsky just died. Yeah. Olga's fiancé is no more that's oh. why I told you you couldn't take too much comfort oh, in them oh well that is such a bummer it he is was a bummer. so nice and Onegin is such a jerk yeah alright so that's like that's the end of act two Linsky's dead yeah it's kind of, we're kind of <laughs> I know it's it's very sad it's very sad so when we return for act three it's another party. In fact, it's a grand ball in St. Petersburg. It's a beautiful uh, city uh, ballroom, a salon in someone's home. Has a lot of time passed, or is it? About five years. Okay, all right. So, scene two, Onyegin shoots Lenski. He's dead. At the end of act two. And then... Five years has elapsed. And then five years later... And we, we're in a grand We find ourselves in, in St. Petersburg. In St. Petersburg. And we, we, there's a ball going on. And, and compared to the, um, the party that took place in, uh, at the, the... At the Bucolic Country Estate. This is much more posh. It's, it's St. Petersburg. It is the center of Russian culture. You know, the, the high point of Russian culture. Very much more sophisticated. Mm. And um, and Onyegin just comes in and he goes, I'm bored. I'm bored. All you know what society... my mom used to say to me when I would say I'm bored? She would say, Keely, only boring people get bored. Well, he didn't have a mom to tell him that. He he didn't have anyone. He's Is just that like, why he's such a jerk? I don't know. I can't tell you why he's such a jerk. All right. Well, shall we listen to the Polonaise here? So we're in St. Petersburg. Onyegin's like, I'm bored. I'm bored. And he's like, I'm bored. I've just killed my best friend in a duel. Or I've killed my best friend in a duel. And I've traveled around. I'm trying to find interest in life. And everything's just so boring. There's no purpose in life. I don't have anything to do. I have nothing to devote myself to. I'm restless. He needs a dog. <laughs> well, he doesn't actually think of that. Um, but you can see where we're going here, right? If he's like, there's no purpose in life. I have nothing to devote myself to. Everything's boring. I don't even want to be in the country. I don't want to be here. Nothing interests me. Oh, bore, bore, bore. Dude needs a dog. Yeah. Or, or a good woman. Uh-oh. Let's listen to the Polonaise. Let's listen.
So that was the Polonaise. And now we're getting into the part where Onyegin is whining. He's a whiny baby. <laughs> I'm so bored. I'm so bored. I'm so bored. So he's going to talk about how bored he is, how he's been moping around for five years because he killed his friend. And then everyone's attention turns. And this gorgeous woman, beautifully, richly, elegantly dressed, such poise appears appears like a vision and it's princess gramina who you ask is princess gramina well who is she who is she pat who is she's she? married to prince gramine, gramine. And uh, her first name is Tatiana. 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 So how did, do we know how uh, Onyegin ended up at this party? Why he's there? Or is there, it's just happenstance. This is, this is part of the episodic nature of this opera where we just, you know, we just, there. this it. is the next episode that we are seeing. Mm -hmm. And so he and many other people turn to look at her and oh everyone's like she is wonderful she's so beautiful it's like when beyonce walks into a room and everybody's like i mean i've never seen her in person but that's what i've heard you can just imagine right yeah, right yeah yeah so um they're all kind of like oh so tatiana and onyegan are not near each other at this point but they've seen and recognized each other and they're each with someone else and like Oh, who is that man speaking with my husband? Oh, well, that's a Eugene Onyegin. She's like, oh, yes, we've met. Dun, dun, dun. You know, who is that woman talking to the ambassador? Oh, that's Princess Gramina. Have you met her? Oh, well, yes, we were neighbors in the country. So they're both aware of one another's presence. But it's not like they're getting upset. They're just like, oh. Well, they're... Tatiana does say to herself, or in the case of opera, sing to herself. Right. I must control my feelings. I must keep it all together. I right. can't let this, you know, I can't let my feelings betray me. I, I'm married. I'm married to my husband. And, you know, the past is the past. And I shall carry on. Right. And um, Onyegin is, is what goes over to speak to her. And he says, you're married? I had no idea. How long have you been married? Oh, I've been married for about two years. She says to him. And uh, he, can, he can barely believe it. Because he wasn't into her because she was all like mousy and shy and right. weird. Right, so he, can, he can't get over the fact that this mousy, this country mouse, this this plain girl who liked her books that he brushed aside because he, right. he knew she'd find, she's this glamorous St. Petersburg princess Lady. now. She's a princess. She's married well. Although, although her husband is considerably older than she um, her husband adores her. Well, isn't that what everybody wants? He simply adores her. And he has a beautiful aria to let us know about that. Do you want me to try and pronounce it in the Russian? Um, better you than me. It's Lyubvi. Hang on. Let me see. Lyubvi vayevoshrasti pokorni. Beautiful. That's not bad. 
It's yeah, kind he, of a and, and he says she no signs idea. she shines like a star. Hmm. Right. I just love Tatiana to distraction. I like this guy. I like Prince Grameen. Seems yeah. like a decent fellow. He adores her. All right. Well, let's let's skip to that because right now we're we're. We're listening underneath the talk, and here we're listening to them all kind of talk about, oh, there she is, and I know who you are, and blah, blah, blah. So let's get to the part where Prince Grameen is like, I love my wife. She's so pretty. So we're going to listen to that on Opera for Everyone.
You're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. And on today's program, we are listening to Eugene Onyegin by Tchaikovsky. And Pat is going to fill us in on what's happening next. Well, we've just heard Tatiana's husband, Prince Grameen, sing songs of praise about his wife and how much he loves her and how she brings brightness and beauty into his life. Um, And Onyegin is listening to all this, and Mm -hmm. he's seen how stunning and sophisticated she is. And uh, he is saying to himself, could this possibly be the same girl who wrote me that letter, that same country, humble girl? You know, she's so poised now. She's so self-possessed. And what is stirring Blah blah blah. I think in the he, depths he really of my me. what is stirring in the depths of my cold and slothful heart. Slothful. He says that, or at least that's how it's translated. Wow. All right. Um, and he says, "There's no doubt, I am in love. <laughs> I'm in love like a boy, like a passionate youth. He has some issues." Oh. He says, let me perish, but first let me summon in dazzling hope the magic poison of desire. I intoxicate myself with dreams everywhere, everywhere I look. I see that beloved desired image wherever I look. I see her. Okay, so fast forward and he's going to pay a visit at her home. He goes to visit. Okay, Tatiana. so they're not there. So Prince Grameen was like, "I love my wife so much." And then, and then this hey, party's what over. What I've just uh, recounted about is him, like he's walking around and he's thinking, thinking blah blah blah. This is after yeah. the party, he's probably got a horrible hangover. <laughs> he's just eaten a greasy <laughs> breakfast, taken a couple of Advil, and pounded a thing of Gatorade, and he's laying there in bed, going, like, "She's kind of, I like her." He he needs he needs to go see it because like he remembers how passionately in love she you know I I believe he's thinking well she just settled for this old rich guy I I'm gonna swoop God. in right he's so gross he's probably all like fat and bald now too well we've just seen them at the party they all look pretty good oh okay so he's not like it's now, not like he's her her husband actually is um. Uh, honored by the czar because he was wounded in battle and so he's he's a hero for the country um, seems like a no-brainer to me yeah right so so he goes to visit Tatiana and and Onegin says have pity take me in I love you I was so wrong to reject you Ugh. and Tatiana struggles with this because she does still feel a little bit of passion but but she says she says no no, no, no. I you, can't do you this. You killed the guy that was going to be my brother-in-law that my sister was so yeah, in love with. And she says, by the way, I know why you're after me now. You you don't love me. You still don't love me. You just know that I'm I'm married to an important man now. And wouldn't it be quite the notch in your bedpost to lead me astray? Like, I know what you're after. And he's like, no, it's not like that. I don't believe him. I don't trust him as far as I could throw him. Well, she doesn't either. Good. She doesn't either. And so um, he's like, oh, please know that I'm sincere. And and we as the audience believe he at this point he is sincere. But we also believe the way you feel about him. He's no good. 
he's not going to make her happy. Well, no. And I mean, even if she did take him back and leave her prince husband or blah, 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 whatever, like he's going to get bored and leave her. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I mean, he doesn't think that now. He, you know, he's, he's tried he all that. He sincerely believes. Yeah. And, and it, I mean, even if it's true, you know, she's not the young maid at her mother's house anymore. She's married. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just going to push us through to the end of the story because there are a few little connections I'd like to make. Yes, you want to talk about Byron. Well, and I also want to talk about Tolstoy. <laughs> so um, so just pushing through at the I end. She have to pay attention. This is the part where you have to take your notes because there'll be a quiz later. But, uh, <laughs> but essentially, he, he, Onyekin does his best and Tatiana rejects him. Dum dum dum, curtain down, um, and and you know, and we all go, yay, Tatiana. So it's interesting. I just referenced Tolstoy. Mm-hmm. Tolstoy, of course, another famous, important Russian writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, not of only War and Peace fame. Not only wrote War and Peace, but also wrote Anna Karenina. Oh, I I did read that one. Okay, well, if you did read it or or see one of the cinematic versions of Anna Karenina, mm-hmm. um, Tolstoy says, and you'll instantly recognize the truth of this. Tolstoy said, "The story of Anna is like the story of Tatiana. If Tatiana had not said no, if Tatiana had given in to him, what? What? True." True. And so it's it's actually a very important, I mean, the story is a very important piece of Ru- Russian literature. And it's important, not just because it's beloved, but it's also influential with other, other artists in Russia. But you left me hanging. He said if, if Tatiana had said... No, well, Tatiana said no, but Anna Karenina said yes, when her seducer uh... came. See, I got to mind like a sieve, Pat. I, I read that and I couldn't, I mean. It... <laughs> All right. Well, just to fill, fill you in, Anna Karenina says yes to her seducer and she leaves her husband and she runs away with this charming, seductive young man. Who just leaves her in a yeah. ditch on the side of the well, road, probably. It, or she's, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't work well. Doesn't end well. No, it, it, it's not a long-term happiness mm. plan. But in this one... But in this one, she remains with her doting husband. She's having a wonderful time with him. And Onyegin is left, um, left hanging and hanging. Okay, and you mentioned Byron. And Byron. I, I had to bring up Byron because a few times in the opera and many, many times in the Pushkin story, uh, Byron comes up. And Child Harold, one of his uh, famous pieces of verse comes up um and that's because in fact onyegin is what we call a byronic hero because byron was kind of crazy well we don't have time to talk about byron but we will talk about this heroic type of this self uh absorbed uh-huh Selfish. sophisticated sexy uh successful Lothario. in seducing yeah yeah and like so, he uses all all his his powers of seduction. Yeah, so so maybe we've got time for a few more notes of music. Let's have a listen. You're listening to Opera for Everyone on 891 KHOL. 